0: so we're we're going live we're live we're (laughs) live how are you doing today ashley good how are you i'm doing really well it's been kind of a crazy crazy week or weekend both i guess have been pretty pretty bizarre for me so
1: yeah yeah it's (laughs) kind
0: of nice to sit down and and i have a discussion i agree so you're ashley and you're from are you from lansing
1: I was born in Detroit. Oh, Detroit three one three baby. <laughs> but here I lived all my life, so I'm a Lansing. Like, as <laughs> so you can say that.
0: <laughs> so, how long have you lived in Lansing? All my life. All your life. All you were just life. born but in. Detroit. I was born in Detroit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that a good thing to be in Lansing, uh, or would you prefer to be in Detroit? I prefer to be in Detroit. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you move?
1: So oh, long story short, my family moved here after I was born. Oh, so, so you're just kind of
0: stuck now. I'm stuck here. That's kind of. <laughs> I kind of feel the same because I'm not from Lansing. I'm from West Palm Beach, in Florida. Oh. yeah. Why here? Right. <laughs> Why? I was a uh, I was in foster care and then adopted and okay. so adopted here.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm stuck here because I have stuck. kids and a wife and a job and right. so much for Florida. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're uh, you're. Born in Detroit, um, live in Lansing. Tell me a little bit more about yourself.
1: So I'm a mom of four kids who I actually adopted. Wow. Um, yeah, so I was a foster parent of Carly, Carter, Carmen, and Carson.
0: Holy cow. Right. Confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Very confusing. Did you choose those names?
1: Yeah. Yep, we oh, changed so you, our names. So. You did it to yourself. Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I did. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a mom. I am a... Mental health therapist in Lansing, and I'm Ashley. (laughs) It's me.
0: (laughs) You own your own practice. I do. Yeah. Where's that at?
1: North Lansing. So Wisdom of Hope Counseling Services. Okay. I'm
0: sorry. I'm gonna push this mic slightly closer, or you can pull it. There we go. You keep cutting in and out. Do I? Yeah. That better. Is that? That's better. Does that bother you? No. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right. So it's on the north side of Lansing.
1: Yep. We're like a half a block from the capital city international. I think that's what it's called. Airport. Oh. So
0: So what made you want to I feel like we need to start somewhere. Yeah. When you're obviously pretty big into the helping people who were like in the foster care system and whatnot because you adopted four kids. Right. Where did all this begin <laughs> so for you? You want the backstory. I want the backstory. Okay. I want to know what defined Ashley. <laughs> That's a
1: good point. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about that. So um, growing up, you know, I was I was that kid that was like, what the heck do I want to do with my life? I, I don't know. Um, struggling with depression, anxiety, peer pressure, being bullied, all that stuff kind of plethora mixed into me. Um, kind of made me think like, what do I want to do? I don't really know. So I got to college. I was like, Oh, I want to be a doctor. Yep. That's what I want to be. JK. No, that's not what I want to be. (laughs) Um, changed my major at LCC six times my freshman year. Wow. So I did not know what it was that I was called to do until I transferred to Cornerstone in Grand Rapids. And so there I met a, a bunch of people who surrounded me in prayer and love. They're just like, you're a helper. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like (laughs) helping people. Um, while I did that, I was actually working as a foster care worker as well in Lansing area. So I said, you know, maybe that's my calling to like teach people, but I'm not sure what yet. So fast forward to my junior year in college, I decided to change my career again. Wow, yeah, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided to take on a degree in business. Wow, business management was my bachelor's degree. Transferred to Spring Garden Jackson where I said, okay, I think I now know what I want to do. And that was in community counseling. So it wasn't until I was almost done with my schooling <laughs> that I figured that counseling was my go-to. Wow. Yeah.
0: And how has that been since you've, you've began that journey?
1: It's been great. It's, it's been hard. Um, You know, counseling during this pandemic has been a pain. Yeah. Cause but you couldn't do it in person, right? No, all virtual. Wow. Uh, which makes it, you know, makes it fun, but I've really enjoyed being a counseling for counseling for six years. It's yeah. been highs and lows. You know, you have clients I've worked in substance abuse and foster care and now I work with kids. So I've actually had exposure to everything.
0: What is that job? Like, uh, I feel that it's gotta be so stressful hearing everybody's problems. Yeah. I mean, cause like a lot of times counselors need counselors, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or therapists or whatever. Yeah. How do you manage that?
1: Um, that's a good question. I actually, you know, see a counselor. I've been in counseling for six years. Um, without her, I don't think I would be sane Um, because, you know, I take on everybody's issues, my kids' issues, my family's issues. And I'm like, well, what about me? Like, what, what happens? Who am I to talk to? Um, and she's really a supportive person for me where I can go to her and say, Hey, you know, I know I can't talk about what happens in session, but I feel a little crazy today. Like, what's, you know, what's going on? So... I encourage mental health. It's, it's such an important topic now because there's so much going on in the community and the world. And without therapists, I don't really think people would be sane right now.
0: I agree. Especially right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. coming out of a pandemic, I, I think, I think mental health kind of took a turn for the worse at the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Correct. It did. it did. I mean, did you see like a wave at all?
1: I did. Yeah, I really did. Um, I saw a lot of referrals coming from schools and, the private practice i came from um, before branching to my own we had a wait list wow to the point where we were like we cannot take more people we wow. had to refer out wow. so that's so crazy it, it is and even now you know i have a lot of colleagues that are they have a wait list of a year oh my god A gosh. year or more so like, what if somebody's suicidal exactly. and they need help
0: like now
1: yeah and you know and the thing about it is partnering with local hospitals like sparrow mcclaren greater lansing Is so important, but still you need that mental health piece behind it. You can't always send someone to a psych ward to get, you know, and that's the first thing that people want to do. Go to a psych ward, go to community mental health, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you need therapy too.
0: Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. A year wait list. It's it's insane. That is insane.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people don't like getting in this field.
0: No, I wouldn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. No. (laughs) I mean, like I had mentioned, it's. I could imagine it'd be stressful. I, I, I'm I, the kind of person who, like, I can't just leave work at work. Right. Like, I, I constantly think about things, like if something, like my job, for instance. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. Work at GM, so it's assembly line work. Even though I can just leave that at, at work, I, I take home like the conversations yeah. and like the different things that happen throughout the day. And I talk about it with my wife. I mean, she also works there, so she kind of gets it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I could imagine that if I was a therapist, I would want to do that too. It's hard. It would be hard.
1: It's very hard.
0: I mean, especially cause like this isn't that different from therapy, like right. sitting and talking to somebody. Yeah. So like after a podcast, I'm like, Oh, by the way, we talked about this. We talked <laughs> right. about that. Like this was yeah. interesting. Yeah. I want to talk about it. I don't know. I feel like it'd be difficult.
1: It's very difficult. And that's why, you know, I have a a lot of things that I do. I journal, obviously not talking about clients, but like, hey, today my day was horrible because blah, blah, blah. Um, I find different outlets and I have a very supportive family. My family is, they are A1 in my book. They're like, Ashley, you got this. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm really struggling today. Um, you don't understand. I work 12 hours plus I work a full-time job and the practice. So they're like, you really are doing amazing. I'm like no, You work a
0: full-time job? I do. And you do this practice? What do you do?
1: I work for a nursing home in the greater Lansing area. I'm oh, my socials- God. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy.
0: You are crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you that crazy? I don't know. It's It's just, it's wow. fun. It's fun. It's really fun.
0: You don't do it for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. You just do it because you want to. Yep. Wow. Yeah. You,
1: it's it's crazy, and you don't look tired. No, but I am, and four kids.
0: (laughs) That is insane. It is. Are you? Do you have a husband? I do. Okay, so that that, I'm sure that helps slightly, right? Yep, he's supportive.
1: So, um, but like I said, my family is—they're amazing. That is awesome. They continue to encourage me. Do what you want to do and push for. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Tell me about your foster kids. How did that come about? when oh, When did you decide that you wanted to do foster care? Were you passionate about children in foster care?
1: I was um back in twenty twelve through I think fourteen, I was an unaccompanied refugee minor foster care worker. So a lot of my kids came from like Eritrea and Congo and Botswana, the African cultures. So I decided, hey, you know i want to I want to look into this. I'm always in their homes doing the you know the home visits, the checks, but I don't know if I really want to have my own child right now Mm -hmm. um and struggling with uh infertility issues was a huge thing uh, which I actually therapy therapy am a therapist for people (laughs) with time twister there uh therapist for people with infertility issues as well but that was kind of what trickled me to kind of push us to push forth with our license we got four kids in the matter of Say a year. Whoa. It was it was freaky. It was kind of crazy. I was like, no, this is not I was not expecting this.
0: How old were they?
1: Uh my oldest now, she was four. Wow. So they're all siblings of a seven group, seven group sibling group. So we have the middle four. Yeah. And they're they're amazing kids. They come with trauma. Um and part of, you know, my mental health journey with therapy has come from my kids. It really has like I've been able to advocate for them and their needs and know what's right and what's wrong and I would say they're my support system too, like to help me get through this what I get through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now when you were working in the foster care system, what was your perspective of that? Cause I I know with my experience being in the foster care system, it was it was not good. Yeah. Um, as far as like just I guess negligence on the agency and the the caseworkers and I understand that, you know, their caseloads are just like astronomical. There's right. they have too many kids and they not enough resources, all that jazz. What did you have that kind of experience? Absolutely. Yeah. Was it frustrating?
1: Very, very. I would say, you know, I had cases in the northern part of Michigan. So holy cow. From here to Clare. Whoa. Which what is like two hour drive maybe? Yeah. Um, the system is really broken. It's broken. I'll be very transparent. It's broken. There's not enough workers. There's not enough pay. Um, there's so many kids in the Lansing area that are in the system, and there's not enough homes.
0: How many kids do you think are in the in in care in Lansing?
1: <sighs> that's a hard. I don't even know. That's a hard question because you have the private agencies and you have DHHS, and you know, I would say thousands. Honestly, wow. thousands. Holy cow! Yeah,
0: that's insane.
1: You know, and the numbers change every day. So yeah. Put that in consideration as well. Yeah,
0: and they change pretty drastically too because you might get like a family of seven right. or a family of four, or one or two. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So nope, it's definitely broken. Um, it's you have the good workers who actually are in it for the right reasons. You have the good families who are in it for the right reasons, and you have those families who might not be there for the right reasons, but you know they're trying to change a child's life. And I've had a lot right. of interactions with those you know families and. This is not the right thing for you to do. Um, yeah, but I I'm very thankful for the opportunities. I still actually uh, quite a few of my kids have reached out to me recently. They've just graduated from college, so that's oh. really a plus. And they're like, yeah. "Hey, Miss Ashley, like, do you remember?" You're like, oh my God, you're, you're doing something <laughs> great. You know? Yeah. So
0: yeah, that's one thing I always hated um about the the foster care system was the. I guess like the bad thing, the bad titles that came along with it, yeah. you know, like, oh, you're a foster kid. You're never going to make anything. Like you're going to go, right. you're going to, you're going to be in jail. You're going to be a statistic mm-hmm. as everybody always says. And I don't think any, I don't think you have to be, No. you know, No. um, I mean, obviously if, if you don't have love at home, you don't have guidance, you're going to do bad things no matter what anyways. Exactly. I, I mean, not necessarily, but you're, you're not going to have the opportunities that somebody who has the guidance and the love and everything has. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. um, and that could be true for anybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, w- have you seen the foster care system make any like positive changes? I have. Yeah. i, have. I've, I cause one thing I, I, I guess I'm, I've recently learned is that they're trying to make some things, some changes as far as the way they do things, um, from like when I was in care.
1: Yeah. A lot of, and I don't know how old you are, but a lot of things have changed. 28. 28. 28. What? Yeah.
0: How old do you think I am? I was, or did you gonna think gonna
1: of? I say closer to my age. We, I mean, <laughs> we're not far apart. How age. old are you? 33. <laughs> now, it's a secret. <laughs> it is a secret. <laughs> it's on the internet now, but <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, there has been a lot of, you know, incentives like in the programs. Like I've seen youth be able to go to national schools and get full ride scholarships where back in the eighties, that wasn't even a thing mm. that foster care looked at. Yeah. Um, I had a kid that actually went to Western Michigan and he got a full ride on athletic scholarship and um, educational scholarship plus being a foster care youth. So he had wow. nothing to worry about, but oh my gosh. like clothes and shoes, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um. I know they have a lot more camps for kids. They have a lot more computerized things. Like if you graduate, you get this. So there's a lot of, perspective that i see within it but i would never someone asked me recently would you go back to to working that i said probably not
0: it's so depressing it it,
1: it is it is you know you take home so much the late night calls the on calls the emergency crises removing kids from home that's one thing i i don't miss i miss the actual side of sitting down with the kid and say hey you know i know you came from an abusive home what can i do to help you right that's the part that i enjoy the most out of it
0: your kids have to be so fortunate. They have a therapist for a mom. I know, it's crazy. Like, like, I mean, you, you. I would assume that you would be so understanding and patient and be able to, like whenever they're struggling with something, being, being able to pull them aside and just like talk to them and like kind of explain what they're going through and give them perspective a little bit, right? I try. Yeah. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Nobody <I try>. is.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you're right. My oldest two actually struggle with, Significant mental health issues. Um, my older daughter, she has probably, I think we classified eight diagnoses, and she's Whoa. only 10. Wow. Yeah. So it's okay. it's a, a plethora of, I'm excited to actually, you know, have kids who were in the system and be their mom mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, this doctor's not advocating for my daughter with the medication or treatment. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, I've had professionals at University of Michigan say, Wow you know your stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know and that makes me feel really good because yeah. I feel like had I not gone this path, I probably would not know how to parent my kids who have had trauma prior to my education.
0: I think I think that's that's I guess one thing about the foster care system that I don't like is that almost anybody can become a foster parent. Right. And they advertise it that way too. Like, Oh, it doesn't take somebody special. Exactly. Have you heard those commercials on the radio? They piss me off (laughs) so bad. Every time they come on, I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. This is ridiculous. And I get that, you know, they don't have enough foster parents. Right. I get that, but there should be some sort of qualifications. There should be somebody who can help understand. Cause like for me, when I was in foster care, like I, I had nobody to sit me down and like explain like, okay, you know, this is what you're going through. And, Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't just. There wasn't a real understanding of how to help children. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a huge problem.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 scary. I mean, I like I said, I've seen cases where it's gone worse. Yeah, you know, the the foster parent has abused or been accused of abusing the child. And like what what happened? What really happened? We thought this was a great home or whatever. I've had cases with mental health where I, I've had to call the home in, And that's the worst feeling. Yeah. That is the worst feeling when you're on the other side saying, Hey, this is what's happening. We got to act on this now. Yeah.
0: That was one of my biggest things with, uh, the foster care system, uh, with an agency here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I don't not to get too much in my story, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to tell you because you're a therapist <laughs> and like you, you're in that realm. Um, when I was growing up, I was like, And I was in high school, but I was, I was experiencing all this abuse and everything. And I reported it. So many people reported it, like probably 10 or 12 people reported everything that was going on. And they would come out and they would, you know, let you know, they're coming out and to, to investigate or whatever. And so it gave everybody like a week to come up with a story. Right. Um, But one of the things that I reported was that my uh, adopted mom had gone to jail for abusing me. And she oh. still maintained her license like years yeah. for years after that. But the agency never found out because they expunged it all from her record yep. and she just didn't tell them. And so I told them and they came out and investigated and they're like, okay, well, um, next time let us know yeah, and, uh, don't let it happen again. Cause if you do, we're, are we're going to take your license away. Yeah. And then it was in that moment. I was like, I heard that. And I, I lost all faith in the system. Like, mm-hmm. are you serious? They yeah. still let her. Have kids, and after that, she still had kids in the home, and abused them. Wow! And I was like, "Are you serious? I cannot believe this."
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that happened. It's, no, it, it's, but it's true. It is true, and it happens. And you know, like I said, it's not saying that all foster parents or adoptive parents are bad. No, I'm not saying that because right.
0: I do know some really good ones. Like my brother, uh, Michael, he was in a another foster home, mm-hmm. and his parents are amazing. And my sister, she was in another foster home, and his, her parents are amazing you know they're just great people so you know there are really good people that do it there's people that do it for the right reasons i'm sure you're one that does it for the right reason (laughs) yeah you know it's just there are some bad apples for sure absolutely yeah like with anything of course (laughs) of course (laughs) so wow that was a rant Um, oh you're good you needed it yeah i guess i needed it therapy (laughs) yeah therapy (laughs) so uh how often do you do therapy because you are obviously really busy. Yeah. You work a full-time job. Every day. Every day. You do therapy every day. Every day. Is it all online?
1: Except for the weekends. I'm not going to say seven days, so five days a week. Okay. Um. Right now, I have a couple clients who are virtual. Okay. So online, like Zoom things. Um, I do have a couple kids that are like, no, we want to go inside the office and play, which is super mm. cute because they want to yeah. play the toys. The concern with that, you know, a lot of therapists have kind of cut back in person. And I'm a people person. I'm like... I want kids to be in my office. I want the sand to be played with. I want the toys everywhere. So taking safety precautions as well with COVID and things. So I have a lot of precautionary measures that I use if they're coming in person as well.
0: Okay. And uh, you obviously are pretty booked up, right?
1: Yes and no. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So backstory, I actually just officially opened um, February 5th, I think it was. So we're fairly, fairly new. Um, I've been a therapist for seven years, but this was a, a venture I've worked on for the last year. I went back and forth. I said, no, I want to do it. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. A lot of things going on in my personal life that kind of hindered me, you know. And I, I struggled with my own depression. I said, I can't do this. I can't help someone, and I'm struggling. So January 1st, I said, nope.
0: Is that true? What? You can't help somebody if you're struggling? No. You don't think that's true?
1: I don't think it's true. No, you don't I don't think,
0: think by helping other people, it makes you feel better?
1: It does. It does. I mean, I,
0: obviously, you have to be able to handle your own right, stuff. Right. You have to have the, I guess, the ability to be yeah. able to do that.
1: Right. I think in my my terms, I felt like my life was so chaotic that it wasn't the perfect time to do right. this. Right. You know? And it's never the perfect time to, what? Do anything. Do anything. Exactly. <laughs> They were like, you have four kids. You're crazy. You're really doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. (laughs) You know, but it was, um, I literally, the vision behind my practice is my grandmother, my late grandmother. She really, you know, she's been gone for five years now, six years, I think, something like that. Um, But she really has been speaking to me a lot, you know, and and saying like, you got to do this. This is what you're called to do. So just do it. Don't sit on it. And here I am.
0: And so since you started, what has what has it been like? Has it, I mean, because you, you, you did it because I mean, you wanted to, right. But you felt that your, your late grandma, um, wanted you to do it. Yeah. Have you, do you think you lived up to her expectations? Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Everything from my logo to, I don't know, like my business cards here, but from my logo to my cards to the mission statement kind of has something of her in it. Um, she was really like a second mother to me. She helped raise me with my mother, and I just feel like she's proud of me. She's really proud of me for doing it. So she should be. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it sounds like you're killing it. It sounds. I'm like, trying to. <laughs> it sounds like you're killing it. I mean, you have a, a practice. You work full time. You have four children that you adopted and three dogs and three dogs. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You should be proud. Thank You You should be proud. I am. And not to mention you're helping people with mental health and yeah. you're helping children. Mm-hmm. Um, where did that passion come in? I mean, cause you, you do like play therapy and stuff. Yeah. Can, can you explain what that is? What What is yeah. play therapy?
1: So play therapy is just typical therapy. I mean, you can be licensed and certified and trained and all that. Like I call it alphabet soup. I literally have so many credentials behind my name. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but it's it's just getting down with little Jimmy and saying, Hey, like here's a bear, here's some sand, let's talk about what's going on. A lot of it is trauma focused as well, which I have trauma focused therapy certification. But it play therapy can be a sand tray, it can be art, it could be bubbles, whatever you can do to connect with that kid.
0: And those are specific certificates that you have gotten or did you, I, did was, was that incorporated in your degrees?
1: So I took courses in play therapy, in sand tray therapy, in art therapy, okay. um, at Spring Arbor University. I'm not certified in them yet. That's okay. coming. Um, but I am able to do that in my practice.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you have any people working for you?
1: I do not. No. Well, besides my amazing office manager, who is my mom, <laughs> shout out to my mom. <laughs> awesome. Um, but Just me.
0: Cool. Yeah. And you have a location? I do. On the north side? North side. Very cool.
1: 3310 Barterville. Wow. Yeah.
0: What's your goals? Like as far as the, uh, your practice and your job and everything. I mean, obviously I'm sure you just want to grow it like crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've already actually been um, contacted by someone in Detroit area to branch another office there. Holy cow. I'm like, wait, we just, we just <laughs> started. <laughs> um, my, my overall goals is just to do therapy. Yeah. You know, do my own thing and um, just keep changing the lives of people in the greater Lansing and Detroit metropolitan area. What's
0: the general consensus of, I mean, we kind of talked about it in the beginning, but the general consensus of people's mental health right now.
1: Wow. Um, scrambled. Yeah. Very scrambled. It's, I've seen cases of every sort. I've seen kids and, and parents and families. I mean, the divorce rate right now and with this pandemic has gone skyrocket. Has it really? It has. Wow. It, I've seen kids with, you know, suicidal ideations that, you know, I'm just like, I don't want, you know, prior to kids going back to in person, if they are, I don't know, if a lot of kids are, my kids are, but. It's just, there's so much mixed emotions. A lot of people are getting the um, misconceived notions of therapy as well. Like therapy, you don't go, you don't tell people your problems or they were raised that way.
0: Right. That's how I was raised. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's all over the place. It's scrambled. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of people who come and they get referred. They're like, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I want to actually do this. And I said, you know what? Just try it one session. If it doesn't work, I'm not offended. I will politely refer you somewhere else, or we can get you connected to some community-based agency. Yeah. And you, you'd you be surprised. A lot of people stay.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they know. Like, yeah, it took really a year to this. get in there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: it's it's really scrambled, but hopefully with things kind of dying down, yeah, um, a lot more people can get the help they need.
0: What is your uh, opinion on... Um, I mean, I guess this goes under the same umbrella, but the mental health, like for instance, my, my daughter is in school and with this whole, with COVID and everything, it's kind of painted a certain narrative to where, um, they're uncomfortable to kind of go back to a normal situation. Like for instance, my daughter doesn't have to wear a mask anymore Mm -hmm. in school, but she feels comfortable wearing a mask. And like, she's almost afraid to show her face because that's all she knows. She, she started going to kindergarten during COVID. So that was her first experience ever in school. So that's all she knows. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is going to have a long lasting effect on some of the young people?
1: Of course, of course, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I can speak to my, my 10 year old Carly. She's mom. Are we going to ever be able to smile without a mask again? You wow. know, in school. and I choose my school that my kids go to, they don't have to, but I choose to, um, we all had COVID like way yeah. back and it it sucked. Yeah. It sucked having COVID. It does suck. <laughs> Very bad. I've had um, it twice. Oh jeez. Yeah. I don't want it again, <laughs> no. but you know, I think these kids, um, You know, we all, I mean, we're not far in age. We live to see, like, 9-11 and Mm. how that impacted us as kids. I remember sitting in my, I think, fourth grade or fifth grade class, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is really happening. I kind of feel like this is the same thing for these kids, even us. Yeah. And they're going to continue to have long-lasting effects from the pandemic um, in different
0: ways. How do you think we can get over that or get them through that?
1: Talking to them, you know, getting on their level, speaking to them explaining that you don't have to be afraid. You know, if, if this continues, just know that you're going to be safe. Know that mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whomever is going to protect you. Um, I know my kids are still scared. They don't want to go anywhere. And I'm that mom that's like, sanitize your hands before you touch anything. (laughs) Um, But I talk to them, you know, I, I talk to them and say, Hey, like, you know, I know we had COVID at one point and I know you guys are scared of COVID, but understand it might not go away. Um, but we have to understand that we're going to be okay. And if there's anything you guys want to know about what's happening in the world, talk to me or your dad. And that's the problem. I think now with a lot of families is we're not talking like we should.
0: Yeah. Which also creates a divide. Absolutely. I mean, because then, you know, they may go to school and state something, some sort of opinion and then somebody else has an opinion and then creates more divide. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that was concerning for me at the beginning was my daughter. She re- kept referring to um, COVID as the sickness, oh, wow. like like it's the plague. Yeah. Like oh, we can't go there because of the sickness. Yeah. Like, like that's all she knows. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, at least it's better than what my kids referred it to. What um, do they refer to? The bat disease. <laughs> oh, geez. yeah. It's 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 oh, pretty. <laughs> the bat disease. I said okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we had the bat disease <laughs>
0: that's funny
1: yeah that's funny
0: have you seen some uh long-lasting effects in some of your clients yeah yeah from covid mm-hmm.
1: yep even i mean i can keep referencing my own kids as well yeah um my my oldest daughter it really hit her when we had it i think i had it worse than everybody and i you know they say the short-term memory loss which is true you have yeah. it. yeah i had it for like three months brain
0: fatigue Like brain fog, or like or brain fog or, f- yeah yeah whatever they call what, it yeah something like yeah. that yeah
1: um, I had one client that I worked with that did not want to speak in terms about COVID, which sounds really weird. But anytime I said COVID, you know, like, how was, how are you feeling after COVID or your vaccination shut down, just wow. shut down. And it was a fear of getting in again, mm. which I later understood. I said, man, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I, did I say something wrong? Did I look at you wrong? But it it's affecting people in so many different ways.
0: That kind of brings up a question for me. So when you are in a therapy session, how yeah. do you know how to navigate a conversation? Like for instance, this interview. Right. Like, I'm. I mean, I don't. Want, I don't want to call it an interview. I don't like <laughs> calling it interviews because it feels like I'm just like asking you questions, which, which I right. guess I am. But I want it to be like a discussion. Yeah. So when you're when you're sitting down and talking to somebody. How do you know what to ask them and what, where to take the conversation? Because I mean, I'm sure certain things can be like triggers to certain people to, you know, like you mentioned something and they could just break down crying Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. How do you know how to navigate that?
1: So there's a rule in therapy. You kind of let the client talk. You don't ever over talk the client. Mm. Um, And that's what we're trained to do. Um, There's actually a percentage of what the client should talk. And and a lot of times they won't talk. The kids, they'll say like this.
0: So what do you, what do you do to get them to talk?
1: I kind of play games. I interact with them. Um, I'm like, Oh, Jimmy, you know, like I really like your SpongeBob shirt. You do? Yeah. <laughs> SpongeBob is my like homeboy, you know, and COVID has really affected that in a different way. Cause I'm doing zoom and it's not as personable where yeah. I can say, Hey, like high five or some of my kids. I had a special handshake with them and they, they're like, Oh cool. You know, like let's go play it now with the Barbies or whatever, but you can't do that. On right. zoom. You can't. So, Now, what I have found is music. Um, A lot of my kids are like, oh, we'll listen to, I don't know, whatever the latest music is the kids like. So I'll let them start off how they want to. Do you like this song? Yeah. Okay. As long as it's parental (laughs) approved, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you can listen to it and then we'll start segue from there.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in therapy when I was in foster care and – I I didn't say much because one of the things that, uh, kept me from wanting to talk was they would always go tell my adopted or my, my foster mom later on became my adopted mom, but my foster mom, everything that I said during the session. So then I didn't want to talk.
1: Yeah. You didn't trust them.
0: No. And, uh, which I think they, they still do. Right. Mm -hmm. You still have to do that. Yeah. That creates a very very uncomfortable situation for children and teenagers, teenagers, especially right.
1: They lose trust in everything yeah don't text my mom please don't (laughs) tell my mom I did not like her spaghetti last night okay that's something I don't have to tell your mom about Um, so does
0: it make it difficult to talk to to like older kids because I'm sure older kids and teenagers don't want to have that information relayed it
1: does it does and you know not that I have a preference but I prefer younger kids yeah where you know they're easier to get along with they're easier to understand like you have Miss Ashley. A lot of kids call me Miss A or Miss Ash or whoever they call me. Miss Ashley has to tell mom or dad about this if it's, you know, you're unsafe or you feel like someone's going to harm you or, you know, the rules. Right. Um, the teenagers are like, you told my mom what the <laughs> boyfriend said. And like, sorry, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting in therapy, and I didn't say much, and I kept, like, looking around the room, because the lady had a bunch of interesting things around the room, and it was weird, though, because it was, like, this huge disconnect from, like, she was sitting at this desk across the room, and I was sitting in, like, some, like, fluffy chair, like, across the room, (laughs) and she was, like, asking me questions, so, like, there's, like, this room full of things, and I'm just, like, looking around, because I didn't want to be there, and I didn't want (laughs) to answer her questions. And so I just like answered them as vague as possible.
1: (laughs) Probably wasn't honest either.
0: No. And then I remember her, I don't remember what she told my adopted mom, but it was like, I was like, I, I, yeah, I, I, that's not what I was trying to do or say at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. And I don't know, I guess after that experience, I didn't really like therapy. Yeah. But yeah. I then later on went to therapy as an adult, um, a few years back and, uh, it helped with so many different things. Yeah.
1: Therapy is so crucial. I mean, I, I can't preach it enough. It's just, yeah. it's like, you know, you need water to survive. You need therapy to survive your mental health.
0: Yeah. um, Is there ways that you, I mean, other than going to therapy, do you manage your mental health in any other ways? Like for me, it's working out. Yeah. um, doing doing act, like activities or whatever.
1: Yeah. um, I have a lot of coping skills. I love arts and crafts. So I'm always doing some type of art thing or kind um, of art i love mandalas so like painting the different mandalas and stuff i started that in therapy so that kind of helps as well um but i love taking trips like self-care just bye go away in fact you know i'm taking a trip this coming weekend with my family so cool that kind of helps me decompress everything that's going on in my life
0: yeah yeah trips are very important
1: yeah
0: yeah i think uh going on trips to help uh give you a different perspective of life absolutely Um, one thing, it's so easy to get caught up in like what's going on right here yeah. and forget how big the world is. Right. I was just in Florida um, like a week, well, a couple days ago and I drove back and like going through all these states, I'm like, I'm driving through Atlanta and I think about Atlanta. I'm like, At- Atlanta doesn't seem that big. Yeah. But as I'm driving through, I'm like, this place is huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And then you think about all the people that live there and then you think about, like once you get past there, you get through Tennessee and Nashville. And it's like all these people that live there. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It gives you different perspectives. It does. Yeah. It, it does. makes you more appreciative of what's going on here. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. In cold Michigan. Yeah. Cold <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> cold.
0: Do you like the cold? No. No. No.
1: No. I would prefer to be like in Florida. Absolutely. Tropical. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> on a beach. I, I hate it. I do.
0: Yeah. I, I hate it too. I tell my wife all the time I want to move and that's obviously not possible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the question, uh, what, what do you plan on? Where do you plan on having your business the next like five years? Let's say, I mean, you obviously have people (laughs) wanting you to expand already. They
1: They do. Um, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, probably in the next five years, I, I won't be here in the state. So that would be mm-hmm. the first thing, but growing bigger. Um, I am working my PhD as well in psychology. So hopefully within the next oh. five, yeah, crazy, right? Where you go? Where, where are you getting that? Walden at? university. Okay. So hopefully within the next five years, I'll be completed with my entire program and I'll be able to teach psychology as well and, um, grow my practice that way as well. Wow.
0: So you're studying psychology right now. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Very. <laughs> are you observing me? I am. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> people are like, "Why do you why did you tell me that? You're really reading my mind." Right <laughs> I am. No. <laughs>
0: I had a lady on one time and she she told me she could um feel like or she could sense what people are like like thinking. Yeah. And I'm like, "I don't know about this conversation." Now. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking I'm crazy. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: No, I can't read your mind. Um, okay, good. We're good. Good. <laughs> That's really good.
0: <laughs> um. So have you ever thought about like doing like some sort of uh podcast of some sort or like some sort of like YouTube channel to help with people with mental health?
1: I have, but I, I don't, I don't like talking. This is, I'm surprised. Like
0: I can tell you're like, I don't like talking. You're like you kind of end things (laughs) like you don't continue the the conversation in me like (laughs) get to the point get to the point
1: no but i I have um all jokes aside i actually i do like talking i love people Um, yeah i kind of thought about well actually i started something on tiktok so that kind of i call it yeah it is i didn't think it was gonna go as well and people actually reached out they're like hey you've missed a week you haven't posted (laughs) i'm like sorry i'm busy um, so I kind of started there and I think I am going to trickle it over to YouTube. I have done stuff on Facebook as well.
0: What kind of content do you put on TikTok?
1: Um, a lot of personal stuff, but then like, I'll do like therapy talk one-on-one with Ash and it's yeah. like a Tuesday or whatever. And I'll yeah. say, Hey, like the first one I did was about anxiety and depression. And, I'm like, what do you guys do for self-care? Like me, this is what I do, blah, 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 blah. And then people commented, and so they wanted a follow-up video. Oh, my gosh. So you know how that goes with <laughs> all the comments. Do yeah. you read
0: them all? I do. Do you ignore them?
1: No, I actually do. I read them all, and it wasn't a lot. I don't have a okay. lot of followers, but it was maybe 20. Oh, okay. Um, I did respond to all of them because I didn't want anyone to go any type of way against me. <laughs> like, we'll never refer anyone to her ever but, Um. So that's kind of where I started, and maybe yeah. that will grow from there.
0: I think TikTok is a really good way to get information out there. It like, is, yeah. It, because the thing is, people's attention spans are so small. Yeah. they Like, they don't want to sit down and listen to a conversation like this. <laughs> like, I'm coming in late to the game. I probably shouldn't do this. I, pro- <laughs> I probably should do a TikTok.
1: Hey, it, it'd yeah. work.
0: Yeah. yeah. But if people people's attention spans aren't very big. Yeah, that's I know true. when I'm scrolling through, like, social media if something's, you know, more than a minute long, I'm not watching. It. I agree.
1: I'm next click. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't got time for that. And yeah. I just I don't know. My attention span's not that big, I guess. Unless I think, it's intriguing. Then I I'm can like, probably
1: diagnose you. No, I'm just kidding. Could you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's it's normal. It's normal.
0: What do you what is your opinion of social media and people's mental health?
1: Um wow. I think well, first of all, I think there's a lot of junk on social media that mm-hmm. people get consumed in, you know, like yeah. politics and religion things and school stuff, and it affects your mental health. COVID. I know. <laughs> yeah, COVID, right? <laughs> I know I sit sometimes and scroll in bed. I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. And, you know, so and so had this issue at this school, and it makes you so depressed. I know for myself, I try not to even watch the news at home. Yeah, um, Social media can be like make or break you. Yeah, And that's really a huge, huge, huge thing that I kind of talk to, especially my teens that I work with, like watch what you post, watch what you watch, because a lot of that is going to affect your mental health at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's one thing I've realized that, you know, um, I've gotten away from posting like just random things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do post some random things. Like today I seen a, some, some idiot. Attack, <laughs> some idiot attacking trying to attack a, a buffalo and i'm like
1: oh god like,
0: nope nobody has respect for for nature whatsoever right. like so i put i shared that but like i share things like that um or i share podcast stuff yeah but like as far as like sharing things that could be like controversial things like that i typically don't do
1: right um right.
0: just because like people engage and then then you're going down this rabbit hole and yeah. then you don't like what that person said and now you got to, you got to one up them on yeah. what they, you know, it's just, it's just back exactly. and forth and it's not healthy no. at all.
1: And then people feel some type of way about you. Like, Oh, yeah. he said this, or she said that Yeah, it just creates havoc. And you know, I, I try to watch what I say on Facebook, even yeah. though my, my Facebook page for the business, I recently, <clears throat> so last month was, was autism awareness month. Um, so I posted something on that and someone was like, oh my God, she does not like autism. And I'm like, that's not what I said. Are you serious? Yeah, it was bad. I had a What did you it. post? It was just, you know, like the autism awareness ribbon. And that's I, it. That was it. And oh my gosh. I literally, I think I posted like a comment underneath there or something. And someone, I think it was a spam, uh, account possibly cause we reported it later. And I'm like, this is not what I intended by posting this. Wow. So I, I try to watch everything I post because people yeah. are watching. You never know.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I just recently fell into a bunch of turmoil on the on the uh, five one seven page. Oh yeah, because wow. I I did an interview with a uh, a guy who was a politician. Mm-hmm. He's a Republican running for governor. And uh,
1: oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I had a bunch of negative feedback from it, and it, people are crazy. Yeah, I'm like holy cow, people, like, I hadn't even posted the interview yet, and people are telling me, like, uh, all kinds of things about me, like, oh, he's just looking for attention. and
1: People are so rude.
0: They're so rude, and I'm like, what is wrong with people? That that goes to show what uh, people's mental health is actually like, because if they're sitting online and they're just willing to just, like, trample over somebody online over something they've seen that they don't agree with, it's like,
1: and it's uh, not, I mean, it's really what this world has come to. Yeah. Like we can't even, you know, walk hand in hand anymore because no. people think, oh, well, this is what they're, you know, it, it yeah, that's a whole nother And the, conversation. The thing
0: for me was like, I'm not even telling them my opinion. Yeah. Like I'm not, it's not like I was out there like, hey, this is who I'm endorsing for governor. Sure. Like I was just like, I, I had this conversation with this guy. He's super controversial. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause he, uh, he has like his own TikTok, his huge following, but the things that he says is pretty controversial. Yeah. Um. Like he was at that whole January 6th thing. Oh, yeah. Um. So, you know, obviously there's some something there to where people won't like him. Right. But the thing is, I was like, I I, sh- I should have a conversation with this guy because yeah. I'm also going to have conversations with some other people running for governor. Sure. So why not? Um. And then that opened up for a bunch of uh, angry people.
1: Well, <laughs> let them be angry. No, absolutely. You, you know.
0: And so my where I was getting with all that my response to that was nothing. I didn't yeah. I didn't respond to these people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I really wanted to. It's
1: hard. I it's really wanted
0: hard. to, but my response was eventually I felt like I had to put out a post like okay, explaining why I interviewed him and you know, my purpose behind it. Right. And uh even that got some negative feedback. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, can't make anybody happy, but yeah. you know whatever.
1: Let the haters hate. Let them hate.
0: All I did was help me. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing that's negative about social media is like Mm -hmm. you can never make anybody happy, even no matter what your intentions are. I mean, you could be, you could be intending to like change the world in a positive manner. Yeah. And there'll always be that one person like, Oh, they just want attention. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I I know I had posted on my Instagram, IG, I said, um, today is actually the first day of Mental Health Awareness Month, May 1st yeah. through the 31st. And I'm like, oh, great. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month to all my people who are having, uh, I don't know how I said it, issues or who struggle with issues, okay? Of course, there's that one person <laughs> in the room. And, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to address this because I don't want you to feel that I am endorsing your diagnosis or I'm trying to diagnose you, but knowing that this is a – segue to say, Hey, if you need help, I'm here. I can help refer you or help see you or however, and people are going to say what they want to say. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I find really concerning, um, as far as like mental health and everything is victims mentality. What is your perspective of that? Because I feel that somebody who has overcome a lot of trauma myself, um, it wasn't easy. It's never easy, No, but I, I think that in today's day and age, there's almost like some sort of, um, reward in being a victim and playing yeah. the victim as opposed to trying to like work through your issues and figure yourself out.
1: I agree with you. Um, I'm actually glad you said that it's, you know, I, I'm a domestic violence survivor. Um, a lot of people don't know that I don't endorse, endorse that, um, but I you know, I even look at cases that we've had here locally, and you probably know what I'm talking, what cases I'm talking about that have gone big. Um, I think when you go through a situation, whether it's a big trauma, a bad trauma, sexual abuse, domestic violence, whatever it is, a lot of times people will push you to not speak up and talk about what happens because they feel like, oh, well, you know, you need to brush that under the rug. No, I'm not going to. I need to talk about this because if I don't talk about it, It's going to continue to affect my life. And I think endorsing the the whole idea of trauma versus mental health sucks because you have to be able to talk about, talk about your trauma at some point in life. Yeah. You know, I have family members that are going through traumatic issues right now and they're like, I don't know how I can, but I always tell people when you're ready to talk about it, you'll know, you will know you can't force yourself to do something that you're not ready to. Yeah. No matter how old, young you are, or when the trauma happened and You know, it just, it, it affects us all differently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what is your opinion about victims mentality? Because (sighs) like, especially with like social media, I've I've seen it. I've seen so many times where somebody will post about something that happened to them, but they're almost like, it's like they're using it to, to like get attention in a sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that part of that trauma? (sighs) Do you think?
1: I think yes and no. I, I think it just depends on the person. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it because it, it depends on that person. Like, I don't really say yes and I don't say no. It's it's just, it's there, yeah. you know. Um, it's something that's not talked about a lot, though. It really is. And I think you're the second person that has asked me that in a week. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's it's something, obviously, that needs to have more attention brought to the surface. Yeah. Obviously.
0: Have you, uh, have you ever interviewed or not interviewed, but uh, talked to somebody in like a therapy session about victims' mentality, or
1: not really, or seen
0: somebody who has that type of mentality? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. What um, does that look like?
1: Um, this was an older lady. She might have been in her sixties, and I would say she really she shut down. She was really shut down and very reserved. She didn't want to come through the front door. She didn't want to speak. But once I broke the ice, she was really, like, da 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 Like, everything was just there, like an Mm -hmm. open book. Um, She wouldn't let me really talk about anything, but she kind of knew what to say and how to say it. Um, Unfortunately, sessions ended with her because she was not ready. Um, And she just kind of was like, whatever. Social media helped me get through this. I'm going (laughs) to go back. I said, okay, well, that's you. Do you. But I haven't dealt with a lot of people in that circle I'll say okay that's interesting yeah
0: yeah yeah the victim's mentality is like one of those things that bothers me because I'm like I've overcome so much I mean I understand everybody's like vastly different everybody's extremely different and everybody handles things extremely differently um but for me I'm like I've overcome so much and I've always used what I went through as a way to kind of navigate my life. Like I knew that I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be that person Right. or I knew that I, I didn't want to be the person that let that situation define like my future for myself. And so I always used it as like kind of fuel and motivation to push past and just become better. Even though like, I mean just up to a few years ago, my mental health was not like good. I mean, I, Mm -hmm you know, I just was extremely unhealthy, like mentally. Yeah. And, um, obviously I had to work through all that and, sure. but, um, and now I feel great. I feel better than ever, Great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I've always, I don't know what it is about me, mm-hmm. but I've always had that capability of being able to kind of just push through. And I think it, it might go back to like when I was in foster care and I learned yeah. the survival technique. Like, I was going
1: to say that, you I mean- know, You've I, experienced a lot, you know, trauma in yeah. that part. So that's probably why.
0: Right. It's kind of crazy to see somebody who can't handle something. Like for me uh, to kind of be in a spot where like I feel like I, I, I'm going to shut down.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it probably would take so much. I don't even know what, what situation would have to happen for me to be in, in that position. Right. But for some people, like something so small. Just could shut them down yeah it's it's so interesting how people vary yeah
1: or even you know they might take their own life yeah that's which is very unfortunate
0: very unfortunate very. Yeah. I've,
1: I've had I've had friends that have contemplated because they did not know how to decipher like is this normal or is this not normal mm. what do I do do I seek help or do I not and you can't in that moment you can't really tell a person I need you to go to therapy you can, but they may, they may be at that point where they're like, no, my life is not going to change no matter what I do.
0: And that kind of goes back to if you're not ready for it. You, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't yeah. get the help that you're going you need.
1: Right. Right.
0: You have to be ready for it. You do. I mean, you have to be in a position where you're, you're willing to do it. You're willing to talk. You're willing to explain yeah. what, what it is that's going on. Yeah. And you have to be wanting help. You yeah, have to, ex- exactly. you have to want the help.
1: Exactly. I was at that, you know, I was in that same situation. I didn't want the help. I shut it down. I said, no, I don't need help. I, I don't want to talk about this. This is okay. It's my choice. I made the decision to be in this situation. And it wasn't until I, I called it a knock on the head, a come to Jesus talk, <laughs> you know, and with my family, they're like, y- you need to really do something because you're changing. Your, your, your appearance, your looks, your demeanor is just not who we know it to be. Okay, I'll try it out. We'll try it out. And I'm thankful that those people still are here because had it not been for them, I probably would not be here today. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you to them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, we've only been going for 53 minutes, 53, minutes 53 is a minutes. Long time. It is a long time, but we could fill seven more minutes. All right. Let's, let's talk about something.
1: Um, well, I guess, you know, we can talk about how can people schedule yeah. How I'm can people me. schedule? So people can actually follow me on Facebook. That okay. is like the huge, I love social media. <laughs> Obviously we talked about that. So um, you can find my page at Wisdom of Hope Counseling Services. It might be Counseling LLC Services as well. Um, there you can add, like, share to your family, friends, and we'll um, get in contact with you to schedule appointments. And um, we are doing, like I said, in-person and Zoom sessions. Okay. I actually do also do sessions in the community. Hmm. So that, might what does be, that look like? So like going to a park with a kid and their family, um, I've done that. I've actually done sessions at McDonald's, like right down the street in Jolly and Oh wow. Yeah. The playland is okay. a hot spot there. So
0: that's actually a really good idea Yeah, because you kind of get people out of their comfort zone right. because you're elsewhere, yep. you know, you can kind of, you don't feel like you're going to, you're going to somebody else's territory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People getting comfortable when they come, to, you know to your turf like your office and yeah tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) so i try to make it you know very welcoming um at the office it's it's a two-room office so there's a coffee and tea bar station where people can get their little snacks and things and kids get juices upon arrival or um, departure and then we go in the session from there
0: i feel like coffee and tea is a, a really good way to hide behind something
1: true but believe it or not people love coffee
0: i love coffee I, I'm I'm going I, to your therapy just because I want do. coffee. <laughs> please, it's not Starbucks or Big B.
1: But when we get rich, we might have a Starbucks barista in there somewhere. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. coffee helps therapy.
0: Yeah, coffee definitely helps. It helps energize. I, I was just talking to a guy about it yesterday because um, he was. It was like five o'clock, six o'clock when we had a podcast, and I'm like, "You're a savage. You're drinking coffee like <laughs> right before bed." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's just." He's like I feel like whenever I I go do something I need to have a coffee cuz it like especially like when you're going into an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Like it kind of gives you something to a like I said boost. a little boost and mm-hmm. something to like I don't know, kind of hide behind.
1: <laughs> I have chocolate too. A huge <laughs> thing of chocolate so help yourself to whatever.
0: Do you work with anybody um that has like a d- eating disorder or is that something that you work work with?
1: I don't specialize in those. Um That population, but I have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is it about people with an eating disorder? Like somebody who cannot stop eating um, or somebody who just eats when they're bored. What do you think that is?
1: Um, It's definitely a form of, I don't going to say trauma, um, but it's definitely a form of depression. It is. Um, I've had a client that had the the bariatric gastric bypass, one of the two. Okay. And- She fell off the bandwagon and actually gained that weight back. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't really, not that I'm not pushing them away. I just don't specialize in that. But um, I do have a a family member that does specialize in those, that population. And she is hit, like, very good with working with those individuals.
0: That's one thing that, um, I guess, concerns me about somebody that I know.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, That's why I asked you. Yeah. Um, so, and they, and they've experienced, I I guess, a lot of trauma as well. So,
1: and you know, it can be a a coping mechanism for them as well. Like, I know, I mean, you probably have a favorite snack, right?
0: I like a lot of snacks. Okay. So
1: let's just say I like sweets. So when I get stressed, I go to sweets. Yeah. I like sweets too. So that's kind of where their mindset is, but they don't know how to cut that off. Mm. Whereas you and I should or probably do, we know how to say, okay, no more cookies, Ashley, you just ate like half a sleeve of Oreos. Yeah, that's the worst. Right. <laughs> exactly. Where they might eat the whole thing and it's perfectly fine for them where they're just binge, continually right. Binge eating because that's their way of coping with it.
0: I guess like for me, whenever I do something like that, um, I I think like while wow, you're you're a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, exactly. I talk negative to myself. Yeah. Whereas like some people, um, they might be content eating a sleeve of Oreos, which I don't know how
1: anybody could. I I don't do that. So
0: you don't eat a sleeve of Oreos? No, no, I cannot. You cannot. Or you just won't.
1: I I probably couldn't. I'm not (laughs) going to, but no, Oreos are not my favorite.
0: I'm not going to lie. I have. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I might eat like two chocolate bars if I'm stressed. (laughs) I might regret it later. Being vegan.
0: Oh, you're vegan. I am. Yeah. What's that like?
1: Hard. Yeah. But I'm going on year four.
0: Are you vegan because of um, animal cruelty or just because of like a healthy lifestyle?
1: Um, a little bit of both. Okay. I have a thing for the plants in the earth um, but that wasn't the reason why it was more so health reasons why I started and I kind of started as pescatarian and then it branched off to vegan and I haven't gone back since so do you like it I do I have my moments yeah. where I want to like binge or yeah. relapse you know yeah. um, as they say like I am craving crab legs honestly <laughs> I don't know why, but crab legs sounds really good right now wow yeah Why
0: are you vegan? You should be vegetarian because then you can cheat.
1: I know. But I I, I think my body is so used to it right now. Yeah. I probably get sick. I actually had a a really scary incident this past winter where (laughs) my husband brought like he thought it was Uh plant-based chicken Uh Oh, and it was not (laughs) and it wasn't pretty. So. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Taking that much protein is not good. No. When you're not used to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's uh one thing I've never I don't know if I could ever try is veganism. But you can try. I re- I could try it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I love meat too much. Right. I like eggs. Do you eat eggs? Can you eat eggs? Um, I eat like vegan? there's
1: a plant-based egg. I eat okay. Yep. So they're they're like a liquid. Yeah. It tastes just like regular eggs though.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. My kids love it. Mm. They don't know the difference.
0: Do they eat a vegan diet
1: too? Um, I have one kid that's converting right now. Wow. Oh, I'm trying to get them all, (laughs) (laughs) like trying to get all of them. It's cheaper. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Cause you have to cook like two meals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be difficult. Yeah. It'd be really difficult.
1: Yeah. It sucks, but hopefully one day they'll cross over the other side of veganism.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, do you take supplements for, uh, like to make up for some of the lack of nutrients and like in what you would eat typically in like meat?
1: Not like I should be. Yeah. Um. I do take a lot of vitamins, but I don't see a difference in them. Honestly, um. I do a lot of protein shakes as well. Okay. Because I had like a protein deficiency thing years ago, but other than that, no.
0: And you feel great. I do. And you have a lot of energy, obviously, because you work. <laughs> you work a full time job. Have your own practice. Four <laughs> kids. A husband. Your wife. I know. Yeah, you got your hands full. I do. I and do. You, You're killing it. I love it. Thank you. We're an hour and one minute in. We did it. We did it. We did eight minutes. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to talk about real quick? No,
1: just thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, I hope people listen to this and take their mental health serious.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for doing this. It's been a pleasure. And I hope to see success. And I'm sure you will succeed. I mean, mental health is a huge thing today. Yes.